Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest episode 116. I'm your host, Mike Apps, aka Wheels, and with me as always... David McBurney, Fable Master, your lonely rolling star. <laughs> so, uh, Michael Baker, Gaiji Monogatari, over here in Japan. Making lunch. Mmm, yummy. <laughs> Wheels is just envious of that time zone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, we are... Unfortunately, it took me forever to get up last week's episode. So we are recording la, probably less than 24 hours since I put up the last episode. So we don't have that much, many questions to work with, but uh, we're going to get up a new episode on our weird schedule anyway, so... Our schedule that is always consistent on recording, even if it's not consistent on when it goes up. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah, so. Budai hasn't even had enough time to put a new question up. Uh, Should have wow. thrown him a Hail Mary pass and asked. Should have. Oh, well, too late. Yeah. Um, let's see. I do have uh, a question... Uh, a question I was sent via a uh, correspondent that we will discuss later once we get everything, every all of our starting stuff out of the way. We should, we should probably make some extra time to just ramble about video games because Ooh. I don't know. So this doesn't end up being ten minutes long. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about the the rumor that's probably true mm. because it makes so much sense that I saw today. And Which rumor? The, there was a leaked listing of Darksiders two for the Switch. Yeah, yeah, the, there's basically no chance that that's not real. Yeah. So. Have you seen what THQ Nordic's output has been, other than, like, disastrous Q&As? It's been everything. <laughs> Every Just property. everything they happen to own the rights to. Yes. Like Every property they own on whatever, especially the Switch. I was more surprised that they just that they just put out Darksiders 1 by itself without Darksiders 2 as an option to purchase together. It's true. Yeah, hoping that's true. And um, they did. Uh, they uh, bought what should we call it? Kingdoms of Amalur. Yeah, Amalur. So, uh, I, I'm, but I'm see the weird thing about that is I'm not sure if that gives them the rights to the one game that actually came out, or if they just have since that was published by was that published by EA. I believe that was an EA product, yes. Yeah, so I'm not sure if it actually gives them the, like the rights to remaster that game. Or I don't do feel like they game. would buy those rights if they didn't include the video game. Right, right. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, maybe they bought, maybe like the intellectual property was super, super dirt cheap. But, yeah, I, I can't imagine them really buying that unless... Super, super dirt cheap, because it was purchased game. from Rhode Island. Yes. Uh, yeah. Fine. There were three DLC packs for that game. What? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, Love Legend of Dead Cal. Okay, yeah. they seem to have just bought everything because they also bought the assets for the MMO that never came out. <laughs> That's. Yeah, anything else going on? Oh, 
nope, nope, you were actually right. In relation to the original game, THQ Nordic stated that the publishing rights still belong to Electronic Arts. Yep. Weird. That's weird. Yep. They're just going to make a card game with the uh, world. Sweet. Gross. Kingdoms of Amalur the Reckoning. Or... I think that... I think that already happened. Or the gathering. I don't. I don't know where I was going. With I feel that like joke. that's freezing for illegal bruising. Whatever, man. All right. What else is going on? Uh, Katamari. That's old. That's news. what. That's what matters. That's. I don't care. It's what I'm playing. I'll fight you. Okay. I don't know why my computer only does this when I'm using Skype. But hello again. Oh. Oh. I was wondering why you were so quiet. Yes, I don't know, because it never cuts out like this at any other time except when we are doing this podcast. <laughs> uh, I guess I you're called a sign from God. Your computer is not a fan. Rude. Or something. How rude. I mean, it does it like two or three times every single time. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, how often are you connecting to uh, people... Directly connecting to people across the planet as well. Um, every Monday morning and it doesn't happen. Oh. Fair, fair. But that's Facebook. Mm, nice. Yeah, that might actually have a server involved. So what you're saying is we should switch up to being a Facebook live stream? Oh, no. Yeah. I don't want Facebook to own me as a human being. No, I would never do that. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm just wondering what in the world is wrong with Skype? Microsoft. Well, well, yes, but I mean, what else is wrong with Skype? <laughs> Specifically, not systemically. I mean, it's better than Skype for business. There's that. Servers are hard, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> how, how is the regular Skype better than Skype for business? Uh, <laughs> There's a lot uh, of ways for that. Yeah. It's, it's really bad. Mm. Like, we're... Worse connection problems. This does not make sense. Okay. Like you, you know how you know how normal Skype will like save your chat history, mm-hmm. and you can kind of use it sort of like an instant messaging client. Yeah, Skype for yeah. Business doesn't do that. <laughs> what? You might you might betray corporate secrets to the enemy. I guess. It's like how does a business version of a program have fewer? features than the public version. I don't know. I don't know. Will sounds like he has a lot of bad stories to tell. I'm, yeah. Please don't make me tell any any of them. I don't want to hear them. <laughs> well, uh, so what have we been talking about? Uh, uh, Kingdom of Zomal or Reckoning for a brief minute. <laughs> I was trying to talk about ball rolling game and wheels tried to shut me down. Okay. <laughs> what is a ball miserable pile of rolling? Mm-hmm. Well, okay then. Um, but yeah, I was, I was, what you been, what you guys been playing, if anything? Final Fantasy Ten Two, and I'm trying to figure out what the heck's going on. <laughs> There's a lot of things that that could mean. Like, it'd be in reference to. Well, what can I do for you? 
Can I do well, among other things, I'm trying to figure out how I just progress to story level two of the plot. Uh, yeah. And yellow I'm mission. Trying to figure out how to event. slow down the active time battle system so I can actually make decisions without getting killed. Uh, yellow yellow missions are the ones that advance the plot. Like anything that's marked in yellow is a mandatory plot mission. See, I was under the impression that those were the only things that were available at the time. So um, I'm into story level two at level twelve now. You'll probably be fine. It's a pretty easy game, but like if you just go to other places, like you'll just stumble into missions. Okay. You won't get a hundred percent anymore, but also you definitely weren't getting that anyway because no one does. So, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, like third mission in, I walked into Xanarkand, the now tourist trap, and very they, first battle was with the Behemoth, and I'm like, oh, holy crap. Beautiful. I did not survive that, but I didn't see another behemoth for another 20 battles. So, yeah. Yeah, you just got real unlucky. Yeah. Uh, so I presume you're playing the Vita HD remaster? Yep. Have you touched the stupid monster arena that Shinra offers you? I've caught a few things and I have not done anything else with it. Uh, you want to do the first battle in there because it unlocks a job. Okay. But you don't have to use monsters to do it. You can just use your party. <laughs> Good. So, yeah, that's that's important. That unlocks one of the jobs they added for the international edition. Okay, see. I shall do that next. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see, but yeah, um, there's a like I actually really like Ten Two, but it has a lot of like things where it's like, why did you do it this way? This is weird. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, let's see how different we can make this from Final Fantasy X while reusing 99% of the same graphics. Yeah. I mean, I'm impressed. They did a good job of making it feel completely different. Yeah. <laughs> they certainly did. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's a game that a lot of people just sort of bounce off of, so I tend to... tend to sort of mouth off about it when given a chance. Well, it's better than 13 too. One day Wheels will repair his grudge, but not now. No. Nope. <laughs> Never. Speaking of Final Fantasy, the port of 12 on Switch seems to be great. So. Oh yeah, it seems rock solid so far. Hmm. Have you decided what jobs you're giving everyone, Wheels? Um, I think... Uh, let's see. For Vaughn, I think I went with Time Mage, of all things. Excuse me, Time Battle Mage for some uh, reason? I'm sorry, whatever. <laughs> time Battle Mage. There's a lot of jobs with names that have never been used before or since in that game. Like, yeah. I don't think any other game, even in the Evil East franchise, has Ulans in it. Probably not. Which can be kind of frustrating because... Especially, it would feel really disarming in the original PS2 release where you only could give everyone one job and half of the jobs had names that weren't anything like any other Final Fantasy game, which made them very confusing. I remember looking it up. They're not even the same in Japanese. Like, this isn't like a localization thing where they just changed everything's name to be weirder. It's like, no, they just have different names in Japanese, too. Weird. Hmm. So you'll get like normal, normal jobs with normal Final Fantasy names like Archer, Red, 
you know, red battle mage, black mage, white mage, and then you'll get, like, nonsense like Ulan, Shikari. And it's just like, I don't... Or, oh, Foebreaker, that's another one. Every time I hear the name Foebreaker, I assume it's a debuff class. That is not what it is. <laughs> I was thinking, okay, so they like to chop up Vietnamese noodles. <laughs> Except uh, that should be Foebreaker instead. Yeah, that would be a little different. But yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, it, like, I appreciate the fact that one, the Xbox and Switch versions added the ability to have characters swap jobs after they have chosen them. And two, that the PS4 release, and by extension the later releases, added the ability for everyone to have two jobs. Hmm. I still feel like it feels odd to have a definitive edition that doesn't let you play the game the way that it was originally released. Yeah, it's a little weird. Like, I get that a lot of people prefer the job system, and I think it probably is the better way to play the game, but it feels like there should be a way to play with the original license board. Options are nice. Yeah. I mean, heck, they kept insisting on putting both uh, sphere grids into the FF10 re-releases. And... Yeah. Every time I see someone try the expert grid and like completely screw themselves near the end of the game, I'm just like, "Wow, oh, you keep doing this." And hey, they let, they already let you s- switch between like three different versions of the soundtrack. So I forgot that there's multiple soundtrack versions in uh, Zodiac Age. Yeah. And I saw this somewhere. I guess there's additional enhancements in the Switch and Xbox versions that never made it into the PS4 version? Is that right? It's unclear if they're going to get patched back in, but there are additional tweaks that have been made to the new versions of the Zodiac Age. Interesting. Like I said, the big ones... Well, there are two big ones that are known that might be patched back into the PS4 version, might not. One of them is that they made it so that if you go to your clan area and talk to Mont Blanc, in, uh, he gives you the option to change jobs. That was the one I mentioned. Yeah. The other is that you get the ability to... Uh, you you can make entire set three sets of gambits for each character hmm. that you can swap between, so you don't have to like be t- making one giant gam- like gambit set and turning parts of it on and off. You can just... For certain kinds of encounters, you can switch to a different gambit set entirely and still keep the old one. Hmm. That is pretty rad. This is in addition to the change that the International Zodiac Job System version initially made, which was that... Uh, let's see. They, the change they had made was uh, that all of the gambits could be purchased right at the beginning of the game. Hmm. It was an important change. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. License reset function, additional game... Oh, improved new game plus. Allows users to start the game with party members at level 90 and carry over some items like weapons, magic, and gill obtained during previous playthroughs. So yeah, there's also an improved version of the new game plus function. Nice. Mm. And if you got the Xbox One X version, it also is the only version that runs at 60 frames per second. Very strange. Not sure that I care. Yeah, doesn't seem like something that matters too much. Yeah, it's it's not a game that like every other version of it runs at a smooth thirty frames per second. So it's not a game that really benefits a lot from running faster. It's not exactly a 
timing intensive video game. <laughs> yeah, Zodiac Age seems like a rock solid port on Switch, which, you know, good news. Mm-hmm. Alright, what else is going on? Um I'm my brain is giving me delusions of game design. Ooh. Do tell. Which I know that I have no um, actual ability to pull this off, but I'm like, brain, you keep giving me a Metal Max spin-off game concept and I know I can't do anything with it. So why? <laughs> Actually I know why because I was looking through my old files um, a few days ago and I found a, a text file I made with a uh, a uh, filk song for um, <laughs> I, I um I used to when I um used to be whenever I was putting up a new review I just take lyrics from some song and rewrite it to fit whatever the review was for. So um in Metal Max 2 Reloaded, there was a new wanted monster called the Desperado. <laughs> and I rewrote the entirety of the Eagle's Desperado for this robot. Wow. <laughs> just for the hell of it. I used the first verse for the blurb for the review and just posted the rest in the, the forum thread. And it, I mean, the, the fact that um, you could change the last line of the original from let somebody love you to let someone debug you just works <laughs> really so well. And so, yeah, my brain has come up with a full scenario at this point for the entire game. And a couple and a couple specific scenarios for different wanted monsters. So I'm like, brain, this is never going to happen. You don't actually know how to do this. And you don't have time. And you don't have money to hire anybody. So it's kind of frustrating. Let's see, uh, this does actually transition reasonably well into a question uh, sent to me over Skype by frequent guest Eric RPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I go, I have a Q&A for Gaijin. Is he aware of the Metal Max clone that Chemco made called Chrome Wolf? Not necessarily precisely a clone, but there sure are tanks. <laughs> no, I was not aware of that. He uh, He's posted it to Twitter for me as well. Mm-hmm. Hadn't seen that one before. I did know a um, different Kimco title called Innocent Sky, hmm. which works kind of a cross between the Metal Max concept and the closest that cell phones could come to Star Ocean combat. That's bizarre sounding. It was. It was not bad. It was just the graphics were so heavily recycled, I couldn't give it anything more than a two and a half. They make um, so many games, it's so hard to keep track of it. I don't know how oh. it happens. <laughs> no, de- Kimco's not really a developer, it's a publisher. Yeah, that's, I guess what I should be saying. Like, they publish so much stuff that it's impossible to keep track of it all. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, they've really nestled into that niche of, like, release 15, like, low-budget RPGs every six months. Yep. Uh, he may have also sent this to you, but uh, mentioned a desire to make a Metal Max-style game in RPG Maker. Uh, are you aware of Game Maker? It's more robust and would likely be more efficient for that type of game. Thing is, I'm not quite sure what it would take in any program to fit some of the stuff that I would consider necessary to bring over in terms of combat style. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the last one, two, three, 
Oh, okay, let's say the last four releases, no, five, last five releases in the series all allowed multiple weapons equipped and choose between them in battle, for example. Mm-hmm. And then there's the entire get on and off the tank thing with multiple characters in one tank as a possibility. RPG Maker might not be able to handle that. I think Game Maker definitely can. I've seen things in yeah. that that do, like, Paper Mario-style combat and such, so oh. there's definitely some flexibility there. Thing is, flexibility or not, I still don't know how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, no one starts knowing how to do things, but it's up to you how you want to use your time. <laughs> yeah, and I, I am greatly heartened by um, former Q&A host Matt Demare's own um, fan game for Dragon Quest. Yeah, it's a neat game. Yep, yeah. yeah. it, it was a very good... Seriously, everybody, if you're listening, look up Dragon Warrior, begin a new quest. It is a, one of the most excellent 8-bit Dragon Quest games I've ever played. Um, but at the same time, it's also an 8-bit Dragon Quest game, which means it's much less complicated in many ways than what I'm thinking of right now. Good to pare so, back those ambitions sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because your your classic Metal Max game is as close to a sandbox as you're going to get for JRPGs. Yeah. That can be, uh, I guess, slightly easier for starting to implement, because you just... You aren't worrying as much about a linear sequence of events. You're just putting things in there. Yes, but I've also played most of the open-world <laughs> RPGs available for jet um, for JRPGs, and I know that, I mean, like, plot flags and programming can be ridiculously... Oh, hidden. yeah, they're... They're difficult. Um, to... And that's, what, that's the kind of thing I would be needing. Fair enough, um, fair enough. I mean, we're talking about Desperoido, like, the like the initial scenario or, um, that I came up with for the game involved choosing whether or not to dispatch the that particular enemy. Mm-hmm. Because, um, I mean, you're trying to clear out an old ranch so that your friends can move in, and there's this killer robot that's guarding the place, and then you realize it's actually just literally just the guard robot. It's trying to protect somebody still in there. And so you have to choose whether or not to destroy him completely after beating him in battle or fixing him. Mm. And so, on the one hand, if you completely destroy him in battle, you um, you get the full reward for the bounty. But the but kid he's protecting the, sw- um, the kid he's protecting swears revenge on you and comes back at regular intervals to try and kill you. And Love if you save him, you don't get the money, but you get a new party member, potentially, and then other groups of monster hunters will come in and try to kill him. Poor, poor Desperado. Yeah. <laughs> he came to his senses and stopped riding the fences, but, you know, people still try to kill him. Yeah. Well, no way I can stop that. Uh, but, yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's fun to contemplate at the very least. Yeah. But yeah, for some reason I was thinking the Desperoido, a variation on Hell's Kitchen from Season of Steel, which was a really fun boss. <laughs> and the uh, the s- l- slightly more than slightly deranged um, virtual memory copy of a famous artist named Mad Al Mankovich. Well. Yep. Nope, don't I, have a response for that. Oh, I, I, I mean, that's the thing with Metal Max. It's there is free reign to just 
make it as bizarre as possible. So. Yeah, that makes it fun to add things to, I'd imagine. Yeah. I mean, again, Metal Max 4 had the completely optional side area that was actually a geosynchronous space station uh, populated with space wasps, zombie astronauts, and giant anthropophagus carrots. It's more concerning every time I hear it. Uh. <laughs> Seriously, it was... Um, I remember um, when I was just giving regular updates in the What Are You Playing thread, and like Lil Whoops and others were like, Oh man, this sounds awesome. Why aren't we getting this game? It's like, why didn't you guys get this game? It's so much better than the one that came after it. Historically <laughs> poor choices. <laughs> yes. And again, to quote Max Storm, it's like, holy crap, that's a lot of screenshots. <laughs> and every part that you were showing was important. Yes, just because there were so many fun pictures to take. Mm. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see, we are. Let me double check to make sure there aren't any actual. If there aren't any like questions within the comments that we skipped over. Uh, did we answer this one? Uh, what is the current graphics king for RPGs? Um, uh, no, maybe you guys did. I don't. I don't think we answered that one because I think we thought you might have something to say on it, so I skipped past it. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, trying to claim a graphics king for this generation, especially, is kind of pointless because, as far as I'm concerned, the the, grato the um, graphics largely plateaued out, and it's become more a question of how much can we hold together at one time. Yeah, a lot of a lot of questions of scale. I guess, like, if you ask me, like, broad, like, scale and world, I would probably go with something like FF15. I would say or Breath of the Wild. Uh, yeah, yeah, Breath of the Wild would be my answer. Like, my brain still just never thinks of Zelda games as RPGs, so... <laughs> but we cover them on the site. We cover a lot of things. I, I hear <laughs> some cool dude even wrote a review for Breath of the Wild. Oh, man. He sounds like a dork that doesn't play Katamari games. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. <laughs> hmm. Should, he should maybe fix that. Maybe I would, you know, play something in return. Oh, how about some paladins? <laughs> I don't know what that is, but sure. <laughs> it's, it's, um... <laughs> That's me trolling, I know what uh, that is. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's Overwatch. It's generic brand Overwatch. Listen, I can't believe it's not Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, other games that I would say like have an art style interesting enough to consider, like uh, I would argue that uh, Persona 5 has the best UI of any game in this generation. It's probably oh, worth considering yeah. just on that basis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You'll never see so, it yeah. coming. I didn't. I didn't see it coming. Yeah. It's like 
in terms of raw power, I mean, there you can't even call it much of a jump up at times. It's just a question of how much they can hold together and how good the companies have gotten at actually making stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, so, it's, it's, very much, uh, it's very much a generation more defined less by increasing photorealism and more increasing the amount of uh, world you can have in one uh, loaded into the game at one point. So big, envi- big wide open environments. Yeah. Photorealism is overrated to begin with. Oh, definitely. And we've seen more games sort of move away from it as it diminishes in return. Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing this, I think it was back in the original Xbox, maybe 360, and I saw this one game in um, just a video ad at the game store, and instead of thinking how awesome it looked, I was like, is that seriously the armor she's wearing? Because that... Okay, that does not look like it should be possible. I mean, <laughs> it's too real. It's real, so realistic that we realize that it is completely unrealistic. You love the Uncanny Valley. It's where we all want to live. Yeah, and when the armor is giving you the Uncanny Valley, and the character is just looking at her, I'm like, okay, that's the most porcelain-skinned Irish woman I've ever seen. <laughs> It's forcibly, like, the additional textures in Zodiac Age makes me start questioning what everyone's outfit is made out of. Like, I was looking at Van's, like, vest, and it has, like, a metallic sheen to it. I'm not sure what it's supposed to be made out of, but it makes it look like he's wearing a metal vest, and I can't tell how it would bend enough for him to put it on or take it off. Yeah, Uncanny Valley does not apply to just people's faces. Listen, Van is really annoying, and I don't really care what he wears. He's fine. He's just a dumb kid. Um, but yeah, no, like there's, like, Zodiac Age does also remind me of some of the art choices that Twelve makes that are very odd looking. They're supposed to resemble aspects of how, like, that was Yoshida that did the character designs, I think, but how Akiko Yoshida. Uh, correct, right? I have to make sure that I'm right on that or I'll feel stupid. <laughs> okay, yeah. FF12 is in his... Okay, yeah. Signed other characters. Okay. So, like, it's probably... It seems to be supposed to ref- to like be drawing the texture to look like the brush strokes on some of his art, but it just looks really weird. Like, Everyone's nose is this like, weird shadow of a nose. It's like someone like vaguely told you to think that a nose might be there, but I mean it's not really there. Or like yeah. Van's abs look very strange because there's like again there's this sort of brushstroke to effect to imply that musculature exists there, but it just looks like the shadow of something. Very strange. I don't yep. think that the effect entirely works regardless of which system you're looking at it on. Mm-hmm. But, oh well, like, the actual world design of that one's really neat. Yeah, so. I mean, even if you go back to the original PS2 version, the the world and stuff still looks pretty nice. Yeah. It's aged pretty well. The, uh, the pop-in actually, is less severe in the Zodiac Age versions as well, sure. which is nice when you're walking through cities. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that game and um, Final Fantasy X, both, I think, they, they made really good art to 
decisions because both of those games, like I said, even on PS2, still look really good. Oh, yeah. FF10 is a very nice-looking game. I think that it's one of its problems is that its art doesn't do quite a good enough job to for me of hiding how linear a game it is. Yeah. But, I mean, that was that was kind of a Herculean task. There's not a lot of... Like, the game design was just not really built to hide that, so it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that that's one of the things that, like, since so many things get HD remasters now, you sort of see what art decisions stood the test of time and what ones maybe didn't. <laughs> and I feel like, I feel that sting a lot more with the more common Western game tack at the time of trying to be as realistic looking as possible. And mm. So now you get these horrible like mannequins being forced to life by some dark computer god. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Otherwise, I mean, like, it's it's really not that interesting to talk raw polygon pushing for me. I mean, you want that, you go look to some place like Digital Foundry, and they'll analyze every frame dip. Yeah. But not what I'm built for. Yeah, that looks like uh, the last dregs of our current crop of questions. No one asked about yeah. the Borderlands reveals. Not a one. Do you want me to ask about them so I can make fun of you? Sure. <laughs> hey, Wheels, tell yeah. me about Borderlands reveals. Oh, Borderlands 3 looks great. Lots of new stuff. Yeah. And, you know, gameplay looks infinitely smoother than the original games. And their CEO won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, we're going into that section again. No, no, I don't actually want to go into it. I just want to point. No, out. no, I meant the I meant the uh, eighteen plus section again. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Well, we got to get there. But yeah, the the game looks great, and thankfully, uh, uh, their like their CEO, uh, just being their CEO, is thankfully <laughs> not dulling people's excitement for the game, which is good because it looks. Uh, lots, uh, I mean, on the reveal, they pulled out, like, all the developers, and they got to get, like, a nice standing ovation, and, uh, their hard work appears to come, have come to fruition, because the game looks really, really good, and it's like one of those RPGs that will just consume hundreds of hours for people, so I'm pretty pumped. I'm looking forward to trying to schedule around that, um... (laughs) Let's see. Uh, yeah, I guess I can still. Uh, I guess I can still be mildly disgusted based on the information about the voice actor of Five Trap recently, but I won't yeah. argue too much on. I mean, I, I, don't know. I don't know. Listen, voice actors deserve fair compensation. No, they do. I'm not saying they don't. It's just... <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to imply that of you. No, it's. Some, something shady went down went down there and whatever. An ugly ball of wax. Yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Borderlands, it'll be like Diablo, but with the but also with a halo. So Borderlands will be like Diablo but with actual gameplay. 
Wow. Says the person who's played last Diablo. Yeah, I was going to say, you're the one that likes Diablo. I'm not even sure what your point is. Like, that's a joke that I would make, because I don't like Diablo. Just trying to rile up random people. Bale's just gotten in a troll. You know how I roll. You know how I troll. Well, you're banned. Um, But yeah, let's... I guess we shouldn't stretch this out. We want to say closing thoughts? (laughs) Uh, send us questions, mm. please. Lots of questions. Yes. We'll have two weeks worth of questions next week, I feel it, in my bones. That's about right. <sighs> oh, yeah. Alright, on that note, I'm gonna... You can also send them to us through Discord. Apparently you can also send them to me through Skype if you manage to find me. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, peace out. See you, Space Cowboys. See you.